Okay, everybody, would you like to take your seats for our final session? That would be lovely. Once a jolly swagman camped by a billabong under the... Come on, I'm, you know I'm going to keep singing until you sit down. Yay! Would you pop... Can you ask the caterers to pop their head out? So can we all give a huge thank you whenever they pop their head out? Because um, they're... So they're potluck projects and they do vegetarian catering that's all locally sourced and I don't know about you but it's one of the healthiest conferences I've ever been to. And because they're associated with the commons, we were excited to have a social enterprise come down. And they came down from Newcastle last night and they had all the lovely food ready. So that, that little kitchen's been oozing with wonderful green things. It's delightful. So thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Enough from me. Over to you. Thanks, Michelle. And I'm going to hand over now to Darren Sharp, who is... Um, we're delighted that he's going to run the session. He's got one of these jobs that you didn't know was going to be around um, five years ago. He's a sharing economy strategist. <laughs> with a background in community engagement, research and consulting. So he's founded um, an organisation called Social Surplus. He's the Australian editor of Shareable. And he's also Melbourne coordinator of the Sharing Cities Network and part of a team that's just written a book on sharing cities. So we're going to work through the city as commons with Darren's leadership. Thanks. Thank you so much, Bronwyn. Okay, there we go. Wonderful. Wonderful to be here today, up from Melbourne. It's uh, such an inspiring day today. Um, this is a, an interactive session. I'm going to set things up for about 10 minutes at the start, and I've got my wonderful colleagues here. You probably wonder what they're doing over there, but I'll introduce them shortly. We're going to um, have some breakout groups uh, very, very shortly and work on some interesting challenges together. Uh, we, we heard about two main themes today. Uh, at the start, we sort of set it up around environment and care. Uh, and we're going to, you know, sit with that this afternoon, add some additional themes, which I'll get to later on. Uh, we're going to introduce the city as a sort of, um, a, a key sort of organising ground for some of these ideas and thinking. And uh, I guess the question, why the city? Because uh, the city is, is where we experience the effects of so many things, including climate change, including inequality, including care or the lack thereof. It's also the site, amongst many others, um, that we need to co-create solutions to these challenges. And so there's an emerging uh, story and uh, various movements and thinking and scholarship and work going on around this idea of the city as a commons. Uh, so this idea is that the city is really a platform for commoning and we've touched on some of these themes today. Um, what does that look like? It means, you know, how do we um, collectively govern uh, public space, how do we encourage more citizen participation, how do we activate uh, and utilise vacant land, empty shop fronts, urban agriculture, things like street art that, you know, bring cities to life, that add vibrancy, placemaking, parks and gardens, these sorts of things. So how do we look at cities as more than just sites of work and consumption? And there's a lot of... Um, scholarship and, and um, research that's going into this at the moment. Uh, Foster and Ione have a, a paper that has come out at Yale Law Review this year called The City as a Commons, which I encourage everyone to have a look at if you're interested in exploring further. And they talk about the city as uh, an institution for collective action. So I just want to pick up on these three themes and just sit with this for a moment uh, and look at how 
um, we can think of the city as a commons initially through the principle of urban collaborative governance. So how do we look at the, the, the state as a, as a facilitator state, as a partner state, as Michelle Bowens from the Peer to Peer Foundation would talk about it? Um, a state that can redistribute uh, decision-making power and um, influence away from the centre and towards the engaged public. It's also about this idea of horizontal subsidiarity. So, you know, this idea that people have the right to participate in decisions that affect their lives. So how do we have more public policies that foster the activation and empowerment of citizens in managing and calling for shared resources and caring for shared resources, sorry. It's also importantly about social innovation, which is an area that I work a lot in. Uh, and this is about co-designing solutions together with citizens. Uh, so community services at the city or neighbourhood level to create an array of, of common goods, common resources that we co-govern, co-design, co-manage together. And there are some really wonderful exemplars. We can point to some cases around the world. Uh, there are two that I'm going to look at briefly. The first being Bologna. So the city has commons in Bologna. And this is really interesting. Um, there's a ton of interesting stuff happening in, in, in Bologna and the Emilia-Romana region of Italy, more broadly anyway, around the cooperative sector. But specifically in the city of Bologna, uh, in 2014, uh, they introduced the Bologna regulation for the care and regeneration of the urban commons. And what this has done, it's um, introduced legislation which actually provides um, support for citizens to uh, work collaboratively with the city authority to come up with citizen-led projects. And they bring traders in to provide in-kind support and materials and time and space and other things. They come up with collaboration packs. You can see there's a map there of um, real-time projects that are being worked on at the urban commons in the city. You can see there's a group of um, volunteers from a non-profit, lawyers at work, who are painting um, a building there. So there are a whole range of placemaking activities, urban agriculture activities, um, you know, um, um, space activation, empty space activation. Uh, over a hundred have been approved, another hundred are in the pipeline. Uh, and this is a, a really wonderful example of the, the city as commons coming together in Bologna. Here are two specific cases where there's a, an association of women turning a, an, an empty shop into a, an ethical boutique, I think, which supports refugees and asylum seekers. Uh, this is another one, Social Streets. Has anyone heard of Social Streets? It's a, a project that's been around in a, you know, for a few years. It's actually spread. I think there's a couple in Sydney and maybe other parts of Australia. They're all around the world now. And again, again it's really about this idea of neighbourhood-based sharing, capacity building, um, taking a sort of a, a strength-based view of the world and you know, looking around and seeing an abundance of resources within our community that we can really try and unlock and tap into and, and support. Uh, so that's two examples there from Bologna of the many that are out there. Another one which is a bit different is Sharing City Soul. Now the whole Sharing Cities movement is one that's very new. It's only been around for a few years. I'm heavily involved in my work at Shareable as the Melbourne coordinator of the Sharing Cities Network. And we're trying to advance discussions beyond just this idea of, you know, technology-driven smart cities and really have an alternative discourse and story around uh, citizen-centric solutions to a range of urban challenges. And what's exciting about sharing cities is when you um, try and bring the uh, city authorities together with 
uh, grassroots community groups and the business sector and other stakeholders to look at ways that we can make our, our city assets more amenable to sharing, uh, more, uh, more our infrastructure more amenable to sharing. What Seoul have done is, again, they've introduced legislation, importantly. It's important to have this backed up by legislation at, at the local government level, specifically in these cases. Um, and that's the Seoul Metropolitan Government Ordinance for the promotion of sharing. That provides for uh, the city government to have a, an official designated sharing enterprise program. So there are a number of uh, enterprises and community groups that address a range of urban challenges that are actually funded by the city to provide support for a, a domestically grown um, sharing uh, economy, sharing ecosystem in Seoul. Uh, they provide uh, support through um, uh, a whole range of different uh, capacity building programs like a startup school uh, where they take um, sharing enterprises and organisations through a, a whole range of different um, projects. Uh, they've opened up their data uh, and they've opened up some idle space which I'll um, point to in the, in the next slide as well. And then at a, at a collaborative governance level, they've got a citizens hall initiative where citizens can come to City Hall and actually start to look at what does collaborative policy making and the co-design of, of these ideas look like at a, at a city level. Um, so that's just a very sort of brief overview of the space. This is a wonderful publication uh, that my friend and colleague Jose Ramos uh, edited recently where there's a number of, how many 30 something contributions? 32 contributions on everything from space, value exchange, production, governance, land, knowledge and culture. So you can um, have a look at that. If you, if you Google that, it's, it's available online. It's a, it's a really um, important um, addition to this whole emerging area policy debates around the city as commons with lots of good ideas and really inspiring examples there. That just came out. This is a, a book that uh, I've been working with, part of an international team uh, that Shareable are publishing later this year. It'll be coming out around October with chapters on housing, food, transportation, work, waste, and really looking at how to support the urban commons with lots of compelling case studies. And importantly, model policies. We've assembled a whole vast array of model policies that are actually out there in the world of existing regulations and legislation to give um, entrepreneurs inside city government uh, the kind of courage to, to see how they can implement similar sharing city and, and um, uh, commons-based solutions to various challenges. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Now we want to bring everyone together as a group. We started off looking at environment and care today amongst other things of course in all of our plenary sessions and the, the parallel sessions that we've enjoyed attending. Uh, tomorrow we're going to introduce um, some sort of I guess hairier subjects around work, money and law and for this conversation today we're also bringing in gender and infrastructure uh, and we are going to be breaking off into five groups to cover these, um, these, these um, five topics the questions that we're going to be looking at are these two ones here, which is what kind of projects or approaches in those five areas of work, money, law, gender and infrastructure advance the city as commons? And then also what are the main barriers to tackle to begin the journey of getting there? Because obviously there are a lot of barriers. Uh, what I'll do now is I'll, I'll hand over to, let's start with, with, with Julian. And I'm going to ask each of the um, breakout group leaders to just give us a short pitch for what they're going to be talking about. Well, my understanding is what we'll be talking about is what the group wants to talk about, so we're going to have this collaborative discussion. But 
I'm imagining in the work stream we'll be looking at the technological disruption that's sort of portended, you know, these stats like 40% of current uh, jobs in, in danger of disruption. We'll talk, I'm sure, about the shifting compact of employment, so the rise in what's sometimes called non-standard work, contracting, freelancing, starting new ventures, the declining experience of standard employment for a lot of people, what meaningful work looks like in this context, um, and, and probably some of the, the elements around new governance, new cooperative relationships that are emerging. The, in some ways, a, a return to um, an interest in mutualism. That might include new currencies and some of the things we discussed in the, the session in there. But these are the themes, and there'll be plenty of white spaces to fill in. I mean, infra infrastructure, uh, that's the bucket that I've got. And um, it's a big bucket, really. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you would agree, right? So um, it's uh, the spaces between all the things. It's the things that are in the city. It's the land that the city, that the things sit on. Um, so we got things like um, industrial infrastructure. We have um, the concept of idle resources, idle industrial resources, idle, um, uh, idle infrastructure. Uh, we have heritage. We have the cultural dimensions of those things that we have uh, cultural attachments to or that sustain, uh, sustain our cultural life. Um, we've got recreation areas and parks. Um, we have um, domains of, of uh, knowledge. So we might even think of infrastructure as that which allows us to reproduce culture and reproduce the infrastructure itself. Um, the I mean, there are some definitional issues here, but, um, uh, uh, and we can also think about, I'm out of time. <laughs> See, I told you it was a big bucket. <laughs> so starting now. <laughs> um, so gender, look, thanks people were at the earlier one and hopefully you'll, some of those people will come because it really is about engaging with the topic. But clearly economy, as Jane pointed out this morning, started about economy at I don't know if that's right, Greek, house management. And we are now moving at a point in our lives where we're starting to come back to that centre of ourselves and where we live and talk about how we live as human beings because we're recognising that uh, if we don't address that, as Gramsci says, if we don't actually change the ideas in, in the world, we won't change the way we behave. We'll just replace ourselves with another revolution, the same way of doing things. So if you believe gender is important and that the sharing economy should start with men sharing with women, and if you want cities to be safe places for women, which they currently are not, we need to address the issue of what's going on with gender to a point where we can get 50% and in the emerging uh, the new, uh, the commons movement that I'm uh, on the floor, well, part of, um, clearly it's gendered. And as things are emerging because of the dominance of technology, uh, we're seeing a gendered space with men leading and leading with the strategic. So we need to address that balance. So if you're interested, come along. So I'm um, Morag McDermott from Bristol and thank you very much for inviting me into this space. Um, I come from Bristol in the UK, which has the best street art. I noticed that was on your, the best street art in the whole world, we reckon. Um, anyway, so there's been a lot of talk already about legal form. 
Um, so I guess we won't be short of ideas, but some of the things that I was thinking about is, so we're going to think about how can the legal form be harnessed to develop the city as commons. So, um, and this might be thought about on different levels, so we're thinking about, so national levels. So um, Catherine Gibson raised this morning the importance of the Clean Air Act, so do we need to think, rethink that in terms of our environments? Um, but we might be thinking about at the local level, so local government regulations that could be, could be supporting the use of, 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 of space for gardens, that was one of the, uh, the discussions earlier, uh, for, for the communal use of, of, of common space. Um, we might be thinking about the field of law that will enable um, enterprise to operate uh, in a community, uh, com communal ways. So we've talked about benefit corporations in the UK, you have a thing called the community interest company. Or we might be talking about legal forms that enable you to share finance uh, and support. Thanks everyone. Well, I'm going to be uh, in the, the money and exchange group. and. I guess I really want to talk about the, the real sharing economy. So what are the, some of the reciprocal forms of, of value exchange that we're seeing emerge that can keep and grow wealth in local communities? Uh, what's happening in, in um, the kind of bleeding edge of this with open value networks like um, in Spiral in New Zealand where you have a collective or a coalition of entrepreneurs who uh, are working on starting their own uh, ventures but they're supported by a, a not-for-profit and have a, access to a work-based commons where they are involved in co-budgeting and, co and, and supporting each other's projects uh, and, and actually have their own sort of internal bank, if you will, which is really interesting. W what does that look like from a, you know, at a city level in terms of co-budgeting, participatory budgeting as well? What's happening with uh, emerging technologies like, like the blockchain? Uh, which is a, a distributed ledger, um, which a lot of you are probably familiar with uh, uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, which leverage the, the blockchain, but there's lots of discussion now about how, with the second wave of blockchain innovation, how we can start to use that same infrastructure to disintermediate pretty much everything. And what are smart contracts? I don't have the answers, but I'm sure some of you might. How can we start to use these instruments and reframe the, the notion of money in exchange? And also, forget the technology. What, what about skill shares, gift circles, service exchanges, you know, things that people um, did and continue to do in their communities at a grassroots level without the, you know, the use of smartphones and, and um, various networking technologies. So there's some of the things that I want to discuss. We're going to break off um, and we'll come back in 20 minutes for a report back. <laughs> All right, we're going to come back together as a group now and, um, and we'll attempt to distill the, the wisdom that's emerged from the five groups. We're just going to quickly provide a bit of a, a, a summary of Hello. the table conversation. So our group was looking at money in exchange and we had a pretty wide-ranging um, conversation which brought in, you know, credit unions, cooperatives, quest, broader questions of why do we need money, um, talked about how it's potentially, and I, and I kind of understand the reasoning for this, which I think Vern brought this up, it's very hard to um, look at cities like Sydney and, and Melbourne and other capitals in Australia um, and see how they can transition to it to, towards being a, you know, a commons, the commons-based sort of models. Um, and and I, I can understand the challenges there. Um, and then just really we got into some philosophical debates about how 
um, you know, why do we need money? Um, Mar Marion, I think, brought up the point of the fact that money is eating itself. It's really just symbolic for value. Um, you know, we have a, an attention economy. Um, there's a whole range of things that we could be giving our attention to. I'm probably not doing justice to all the little conversations that were said, but it's very difficult. Then we, then we moved into um, to some emerging areas around, around blockchain, which is, again, very bleeding edge. And, and still, from my point of view, I don't know enough about it. But um, it, it essentially, it's um, a disintermediating technology. Uh, it, it enables individuals, groups to not have to go to a third party, to a, to a bank, to a clearinghouse. So it prevents, um, it, it speeds transactions up and so on. Um, and we looked at some emerging examples. I know there's one, say, in, um, in Brooklyn, in, in New York, where there's a Brooklyn microgrid, a community microgrid, and a bunch of um, householders have come together and they're, you know, saying, we'll come form a, a, a bit of a, a collective and um, pull up our solar um, cells and we can then start to exchange surplus energy that is produced using blockchain as um, the form of exchange, right? And then Claire made the point that uh, it, there was a similar sort of idea to be doing this sort of stuff, was it in Sydney? And, and the, the challenge with a lot of this stuff is that there's, there's just regulatory and legislative blockages which prevent that kind of sharing to emerge. I mean, you know, Jeremy Rifkin talks about the zero marginal cost society and the emerging energy internet and in the future everything will be shared. But there are still a ton of policy and regulatory and legislative blockages that just don't enable that kind of sharing that we're seeing in other parts of the world to happen. Um, so again, again, it comes back to, to law in a way and policy and so on. Um, so that's a great segue. Yeah, all right, I'll hand over to, to, to Morak. So, uh, everything's law, yes, well, that's true. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm uh, going to try and uh, summarise our very rich, but actually quite practical discussion a lot of the time. So we started off with a really big one, uh, and that actually the real problem is that we've got to influence the military-industrial complex. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so um, I, I, at that point I was thinking, ah, oh, where's this going to go? But we did actually think, well, actually we have got, we've got forms and we've got legal forms where we can start challenging some of the, um, the, 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 the power, if you like, and the, 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 the constraining barriers. Um, so somebody said we should be using much more the cooperative legal form. Um, somebody else also brought up that the, the community interest company model from uh, the UK is a good one because it means that you lock in, uh, you lock assets into the community. So, so thinking about ways of locking assets into the community so they're not spread out. We talked about um, using human rights and, and um, uh, somebody said, well, we are already signed up to a hu human rights charter. But we th the, I think people wanted to go a lot further than that and, and thinking about, well, how do you actually bring uh, principles of, of human rights into things like the, the, the company form, the cooperative legal form, the other forms that we're, we're doing so that our, the, the organizations that we are thinking of creating are much more holistic in the way that they um, approach um, uh, law. Uh, somebody mentioned the use of procurement, that we should be uh, using uh, procurement much more, so local uh, council procurement, state level procurement, to advance the principles um, that we uh, 
of, of the, the, the city of commons. Um, and then we got into sort of decision-making structures. A lot of it, a lot of it came about sort of decision-making structures, how laws are made and, um, and, and what, how we can use that process. So there was the idea that there should be a local or a regional char charter supported by um, a, a number of, of, of local councils that can be used, that has positive principles for how um, the, the, the city, the, the local area should work together. And this can be used to um, frame the decisions. Um, and it's also, but then it needs to be um, developed in a way that engages um, uh, the communities that, that in that decision making. And so actually that led us into a, a, a discussion that actually part of what it, part of the problem is, is um, somebody said the way that, that local government is elected um, and that the, 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 the voice that, 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 that business and some, you'll have to correct me here because I don't know this system, but that, that local landlords, it seems to me, have a, is that what you were saying, somebody? Want to yeah. Non-resident. Yeah. Non-residents non have a have a vote. So uh, local residents uh, don't. Uh, the, the power and influence of local residents is very disrupted. So and and one last point. We also thought that we need to be thinking about education uh, and legal education, both how we educate our future lawyers, but also how we educate ourselves. Thank you. Good summary. I can have a crack if you yeah. want. Now, usually I'm in the facilitator role where I'm getting someone else to do this. So now I've, I realise how, how difficult it is. Um, but I've had a little bit of time. I was trying to order, order our, our thoughts around this. So um, I, we really concentrated on the first question, let's be honest here. And um, we did reach a consensus point around um, the importance of language. So we started with this, well, what do we mean by work, right? Um, and I think everybody nodded their head when we were saying we want... We don't want to be trapped by this notion of a paid job is how we um, smuggle in an assumption about what work is in our ordinary conversations. So there was a general consensus. We, we need to um, be attentive to the language around including unpaid forms of work, especially caring forms of work, um, emotional labour, etc., household work. Um, the, then we, when we spent a while trying to define what the new economy was, which was probably a, a red herring. Um, so we kind of had a crack at that and left that aside um, and talked about um, work as a locus for meaning, right? Work as a form of service. And there were, again, there were some nodded heads around that. We can agree on that. And um, I love that point where someone said, well, the economy is just people making and doing stuff, right? Exchanging stuff. Um, so we were trying to orientate it back towards a city that enables that. What, what can a city do to create more public visible sites where people are... Um, making, consuming and exchanging and not, not in the sort of standard market transactions that we're so used to but in um, commons orientated sites. Community gardens are an easy one to go for um, but there was a lot of agreement that, um, well it's easy to say more community gardens but more sites like that where people are engaging in commons based peer production, which I Benkler might have called it, um, because that has all these positive spillover effects of um, intrinsic value, you were saying, around mental health. and um, So there were some stories like that um, and other voluntary efforts like that. And also, I mean, there was a little touch on um, the ability to support people with, say, lower income engaging in these pursuits, like artists are a classic one, right? That there's intrinsic value and there's positive externalities generated by creative arts. And yet, so often, 
it's a precarious life choice for artists to make, right? They're sacrificing income stability through pursuing these lifestyles. So a city that was welcoming of that agenda would enable them to pursue creative pursuits, pursue creative pursuits, activities through things like um, supportive housing for people um, pursuing that line of work. So they were the main themes, um, along with a general pro-decentralization anti-hierarchy that we would expect. Um, that's probably it. Yeah, thanks. Perfect. Thank you very much. Let's have Elsie. Elsie, the nice linkage there with it. Yes, it's a very good linkage and very pleased that unpaid work came up because we actually spent a lot of time on that um, and I suppose it started from the point of recognising that in Australia 40% of the GDP is unpaid work and then staying to look at who's doing that and we know that the majority of that work's done by women although recognising that is changing um, and so we sort of talked about that that work has become devalued and and the, the problem, you know, is not so much the separation of the spheres of labour but whether one's valued more over another. So paid work clearly is valued if you think of remuneration as an important thing as our, in our society. And so the gendered nature of that then, you know, impacts um, on, you know, what it means to be a woman in society or a man in society in terms of the levels of income, you know, um, that... There, you know, women earn less, there's issues around superannuation and they're all coming out of this thing where women have spent more of their time doing unpaid work and still now moving into um, trying to do as much time doing paid work and still doing most of the unpaid work, we do believe. So um, there was a sense that we also need to, you know, in applying a gender lens, we need to be aware that we, a gender lens is just that, that gender means male and female, and it's not really just looking at what's happening to women in the sense of um, changing for them, that we need, it's, it, we need to look at what's happening for both. But clearly there is an issue around power and how we are paying work and how we then divide up our cities with, you know, homes out in the suburbs, usually a long way from the place of work and not much integration between our worlds of work and um, where we live. And often then the people who are doing the unpaid work are often left to feel isolated and, and their sense of social being gets impacted upon by that. Um, we talked about the devaluation of the soft skills, as they're called, and although there is recognition now that the soft skills are extremely effective in organisational theory, that there's still, um, you know, the sense of the soft skills and the hard skills, but maybe we should be promoting those more, um, that we perhaps should be making it easier for men to do unpaid work, but also thinking about whether we, uh, you know, the universal basic income provides a way of looking at how everybody could be paid if, you know, basically what they need to do is, is the work about caring for children in the community. Um, so in terms of strategies, we really think we need to be talking about agenda, about gender. And I think it's interesting today that the, the conference has got complete... Gen I'm applying a gender lens to everything at the moment. If it moves, I apply a gender lens. And the conference... Um, 
is totally gender balanced. And I think that it's really interesting that I, I don't know how much trouble the organisers had to get equal numbers of women, but often you'll go to a conference and they'll say, we wanted to have women or we wanted to have people from the Aboriginal community, but we couldn't find any and they didn't want to be here. So I think that's not good enough. So we do need to put gender on the agenda and say, if there's not good representation, and of course we need to extend that diversity, but if there's not good representation, why not? Thanks so much, Elsie. <laughs> and just for a simple, large bucket finish on infrastructure. Thanks, Jose. Okay, um, so uh, our big challenge was uh, translating what we saw as the things of the city into actual projects and um, commoning projects. So there are things like uh, transport that came up that were obvious. Yes, that's a commons. Um, there was the, uh, the soils and the, the earth that we can grow um, food on. That's also a commons. Um, there was uh, things like um, uh, community power, like electricity. And said, okay, well, that's... A so, so we started off sort of talking about those things, but um, to really to answer that first question, um, we have to talk about commoning. We have to talk about what are the actual projects that, um, that further the city as a commons. Um, we can't just identify a thing as a commons, um, uh, especially for this exercise. So one of the more interesting ideas that came up was um, green spaces. So we started saying, okay, um, green spaces are important and biodiversity is important, but how do, you, how do, you, how do we do commoning in this area? So, um, so we said, okay, well, um, in a city, you have to have different stakeholders that have a voice. So how would um, biodiversity have a voice? So that, that sort of made a connection with um, earth law, earth jurisprudence. How would, how would a bioregion within a city have a voice? And, and then we said, okay, who's going to figure that out? Um, well, we'll just leave that to the earth jurisprudence people. <laughs> They'll figure that out. But, but, um, but we began to think about governance in terms of um, what are the different voices within, uh, uh, within a particular problem like, um, like biodiversity. Um, so another example of that was, um, where's another example? Okay, so moving on to, um, uh, um, we talked about uh, advertising. So, so advertising is also part of this infrastructural landscape. And, um, you know, really dealing with uh, advertising. So, so then the, the question of art. So if you don't have, if you actually don't have advertising, but you want other things, it's not just a blank canvas. So, um, so what about art? And, ha and how does art displace or substitute for that landscape of commercial? Um, and who are the voices there as well? Um, other, other things, um, um, cycling and cars, okay? Self-driving cars or just cars. But then the, the question was, how do, how do you do the commoning? So that goes back to the governance. So, so there was talk about um, a planning committee that would be able to do um, uh, uh, or citizen-driven planning committees to do that kind of governance. Um, there was also the idea of land um, property rent-seeking for the commons. So that's a very common problem with um, uh, uh, in cities where if the city builds some infrastructure, all the property developers in the region um, get richer. So how, how do you actually capture 
how do you actually, yes, how do you capture the, <laughs> this whole conference, I've been out of time. <laughs> All right. Tomorrow I will but be in have. time. Um, so how do you how do you how do you ca so all of the infrastructure in a city there can be rent seeking in that infrastructure. So how do you actually capture um, the value from those rent seeking and and so what are the underlying processes? Those are some big problems that we faced. Um, so okay, we got a lot more ideas and a lot of obstacles, but I'm out of time. Thank you so much. Thank thank you to everybody for participating in this interactive session this afternoon. It was a really wonderful conversation, series of conversations.